Welcome to the Life Melbourne podcast. We're so glad you're joining us for another hope-filled message. We pray that you're encouraged by this powerful word from our Sunday service. Well, Tone and Kat, it is so good to have you with us today. And we're just so stoked that you could take the time to share wisdom with us on this whole topic of relationships. So no, great so to be with you guys. Wonderful. So excited. Yeah, totally. And the cool thing is, is it's Life Adelaide. It's uh, Pastor Tony and Kath, uh, the senior pastors of Life in Adelaide. And I got to tell you, when the uh, announcement was made earlier in the year, the eruption here at Life Melbourne, so excited about uh, the journey and what's been taking place. And obviously you guys have been senior pastors for many years now and doing phenomenal things in Radelaide. I heard I heard the term Radelaide, not even Adelaide, <laughs> Radelaide. And so Radelaide. it might be cool just to hear a, bit of the, hear a bit of the journey. Tell us a little bit about your family and because obviously we are now extended family. Yes. We'd love to just hear a bit more about what God's been doing and your, your family. Awesome. Well, I'll, st- I'll jump in there. So Tony and I have been married for 29 years, celebrate the big 30 next year, so hopefully yeah. borders lift so we can do Come something on. to celebrate. <laughs> um, but we'll make the most of it at that time. We've got three children. Our eldest daughter, Jordan's 23. She got married just before COVID hit, so they've been married all oh, 18 months now. Yeah. Um, our son, Mitch, is 21. He's actually in New Zealand. He flew just after the wedding, just before shutdown. He's been stuck there ever since, but I shouldn't say stuck because he's loving he it. Loves it. He and loves uh, it. he's on team over there, um, loving every part of it. And then our youngest daughter, Bailey, is 15. So yeah, we went from being a family of five to a family of three in like two weeks. But it's been, it's been a great journey leading church uh, life for 27 years, so it's been cool. And a fun fact that Kath didn't mention is that prior to getting married, we dated for eight years before that, so it's kind of like we've been together forever, which oh. is good. Is it? <laughs> it's like, good. Oh, okay. It's good. It's good. Okay, no. Nice. <laughs> forever. That is awesome. That is awesome. Well, the fact that you're still together, obviously, Tony, you are that good. It's amazing. <laughs> well, Kath is that good, yeah. one or the other. No, but so it is it is amazing. You guys have such a, a breadth of wisdom to bring, especially in the relational yeah. world. You've been married for so many years. You've pastored so many years and led people for so many years. And we're just so excited to have you part of the Life family. And we'd just love to hear a little bit of the journey about how you guys came to, to be Life. Yeah. No, uh, for, for us, uh, there was probably three key factors to it all. And uh, the first one would be just the relational connection. Kath and I flew over to New Zealand to spend some time with pastors Paul and Marie some eight, nine years ago. And there was an initial uh, connection and attraction. And that has just uh, gone deeper and deeper and deeper over the years. And so uh, the reality is without that relational depth, uh, it wouldn't have gone any further. So it was certainly founded on the relational uh, aspect first and foremost. Uh, obviously outside of that, there was this incredible uh, alignment of uh, vision and values. Mm. Uh, and we just loved what they were building. And uh, I felt like I'd never been to another church that felt so aligned with what we were building and trying to build and in the direction that we were going. And so that, that was another really attractive you know, uh, piece to the puzzle. Yeah. And uh, obviously, you know, we had many conversations uh, over the years and we just started talking about what could, what could it look like if we partnered, you know, to be helped and uh, to receive help and to give help uh, at another level to be part of a bigger story was really appealing. And so many conversations with God, 
many conversations with Pastor Paul and Marie and our team and, and, and uh, many members of the LIFE team, uh, we just felt uh, a real peace in our heart. You know, we, we made the decision in faith, not knowing a lot of things or aspects of our future. But uh, the one thing I can categorically say that we had then and have had uh, every day since is a real incredible peace, which mm. is the ruler and umpire of our heart, which is great. It's been awesome. Well, we're just excited about what's to come and, uh, and just what God's going to continue to do uh, through this. And Australia for Jesus, in Jesus' name. But uh, we do want to carry on. And so maybe it'd be good just to, we'll pray quickly, eh? and then we'll just really love to just dive into some questions. And, and again, this is week four or five now of our relationship series. And, and again, we just want to draw as much gold as possible. But Father, we do. We lift up this time. Mm. Yes. And Holy Spirit, you know exactly where we are all at. Mm. Uh, you know the intricacies of our heart. You know the depths of our relationships. Lord, you know... Uh, that you want to lead us further forward in this area. Mm-hmm. You want to expand us, Lord. You want to restore areas and you want to enable us to live from a place of health and depth. I pray that today there'd just be wisdom from mm-hmm. your word. Uh, mm-hmm. We th- Again, thank you for the life of Tony and Kath and the way they've lived with you God-centered. Mm-hmm. And we just pray and we receive everything that's coming in Jesus' mm-hmm. name. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 Well, we'll get into it, guys, because today we did just want the opportunity to ask you, I suppose, a heap of different questions around relationships. And we are obviously in lockdown at the moment in Melbourne, and I think lockdown can be a really lonely time for people. And so what would be some advice that you would give people who are maybe feeling really lonely in this season, you know, to navigate their way through that season and to to, I suppose, find real health in it as well. Yeah. I think the first key in terms of if someone is experiencing loneliness, feeling lonely, I think the honest answer is to acknowledge that. And then if it's important for you, I think you need to be an initiator. I know yeah. sometimes we can loneliness can just right. make us in our own little bubble and then we can get into um, self-pity. And I'm sure that there are genuine... Uh, reasons that can have you in seasons of loneliness. But I think we just have to acknowledge, hey, this is what it is. And if it's important to me, then I've got to actually start to initiate rather than sit back and expect that people know that I'm lonely or know that I'm experiencing this and think that they will come to me. And I just, I found in my own seasons of loneliness or own seasons where I'm needing something, I can't be passive in that. I've actually got to be aggressive to discover this is what's important and this is what I'm going after. And I would say uh, on top of that, not only to be a good initiator, but also be a good responder. Uh, People uh, in there reaching out, uh, I I would say take advantage of that as well. And uh, again, don't don't overthink it and don't read too much into it. Because the interesting thing is whether there's 100 people in the room or no one in the room, conversations are always being had. The self-talk is very real. Mm. And uh, we've got to make sure that our Mm. self-talk is not talking us out of being in the right conversations. So if someone reaches out to you, man, I would say be a great responder. Mm. And if they don't, just be a great initiator. But Mm. whatever you do, make sure that you are connecting with people. Because as God said in the very beginning of time, we are better together and uh, we were not created to be alone. But so let's let's be involved, let's reach out and let's love on one another. Mm. So, so good guys. And I think it is a challenge, you know, we are in a season where it's all about technology at the moment. It's only through Zoom and phone calls that we can connect, but it's the encouragement. Those are still our sources of communication. So to yeah. use them, let's not get yeah. stuck in this season and think, you know, I'm so over Zoom. Let's keep using it because it is what keeps us connected at the yeah. moment, which is yeah. which is yeah. awesome. And maybe just a, a, a side question to all of this that I was thinking about is is we can actually get so um, 
reliant on the friends that we have that we actually don't actively think, let's make new friends. Mm-hmm. And so I know that that has changed over the years of, of how we do make friends and, and the, you know, if you don't know the phone number on the phone, you don't answer it. If you, you know, if you don't know the environment you're going to step into, you don't step into it. But maybe just some practical tips, because uh, we do want this to be something, again, that we can take away. But what are some practical tips, do you think, in this day and age to actually making friends? The Bible says if you want friends, be friendly. And I've heard it said so many times that church isn't friendly or at the workplace they weren't friendly. Uh, But I think, you know, if if we be friends, then you will have friends. And even if you sow in a particular area and you get nothing from it, just the fact that you are sowing means you're ultimately eventually somewhere along the line going to reap. So I would say just continue to be friendly because eventually you're going to reap friends. Brilliant. Brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. I think um, one of the other tensions of lockdown and not speaking from personal experience at at all, but (laughs) you were so in each other's space. (laughs) So I'm wondering where this is going. (laughs) You can be so in each other's space that um, it can be a lot of tension at home, you know, tension um, relationally, tension with your kids, tension in marriage, tension with housemates that are together. And so just that encouragement of how, how do you deal with that kind of tension in lockdown? Yeah. Um, one of the, uh, we are experts at this, resolving <laughs> Have a, have resolving a bigger conflict. house, more <laughs> yeah. rooms to hide. Bigger home. We've moved three times and each time the house has got bigger and bigger and bigger to create more in space. But, but uh, <laughs> all jokes aside, uh, the, the Bible says, tell the truth in love. Uh, and I think it's interesting use of words. It doesn't say yell the truth in love. And, and I think sometimes uh, we're too busy yelling to be heard. And so I would say if you've got to the stage where it's just getting too volatile, too heated, then I would say definitely cool down, calm down, go for a walk um, and, and, uh, and, and revisit that conversation. Because the reality is in order to, to resolve any conflict, you've got to have a communication. Yeah. You can't just um, keep the peace. You've got to make the peace. Um, but uh, there are certain seasons and times in which that can actually ultimately happen. So I would say if you're at that place where it's just getting very heated and it's just going nowhere, then I'd say, you know, go for a walk, calm down and then be able to come back and actually begin to talk to each other. And uh, obviously that has to be at the right time. Timing's everything yeah. uh, with the right person, right conversation right attitude. Those, those things for me are really important. Yeah. Um, I would say take ownership uh, and apologize when, when you're wrong. Uh, that, that's a big one. When, when you've done the wrong thing and you know you've done the wrong thing, uh, just, just, to, just to own it. You know, um, I've told our story uh, many times before about the time that I was on Bondi Beach, I lost my call and uh, obviously, and I, it was very heated. It was, it was disproportionate to what was happening, you know, to my shame. And uh, obviously, you know, I terrified the kids. I upset my wife. And I realized, you know, when I got home, I thought, man, I have, I have done a really bad thing. And uh, when, when those moments happen, the, the only thing I know what to do after that is just, is just own your mistakes, own your sin, mm-hmm. and, and just apologize. And I'll never forget, in particular with our uh, two oldest kids, Mitch and Jordan, looking them in the eye and said, I, I'm so sorry, will you forgive me? And uh, they, they were kind of like, yeah, sure. <laughs> But then, I, then I, I just remember thinking this thought that uh, obviously because of my uh, temper, I've put something on them. Uh, kids, are, I know this about kids. Kids are very intuitive, but they're not always yeah. the wisest. And so they know something's wrong and they don't necessarily know what's wrong. Yeah. 
And so it's our job as a, as a parent or as a husband um, or as a friend to take off what you may have put on somebody. Mm. And so I, I remember sitting them down and I said, kids, you need to know that what happened today was not because of the church. The church didn't make dad like that. I said, it's not because of your mum. Your mum's uh, uh, the, the love of my life. It's not her fault. And then I looked them in the eyes and said, I want you to know it's not your fault. It's not your fault. I said, this is all on me. I said this, I said, your dad is that good at being that bad all by himself. And they were like, what's that mean? <laughs> but but uh, just taking ownership. And uh, it's amazing what could have been something that was so detrimental to our family became a point of connection. And uh, we've talked about that many times before. And so God is incredibly redemptive, you know. And uh, on top of that, I would just say, you know, let's just forgive one another. Yeah. The Bible says forgive yeah. as Christ forgave you. And that's easier said than done. Yeah. Yeah. But I know for me, when, when I find forgiveness possible, it's always when I focus on Jesus. And when I find it impossible, it's when I focus on what the person did to me. Mm. And so if my focus is right, the forgiveness flows. I think self-awareness is really important too, uh, because again, th circumstances that are happening around us just highlight something that's going on inside of us. And so if you think of lockdown and if this is a pattern and we're getting um, frustration, it's usually not so much the circumstance, they're just highlighting what's going on on the inside. And I think we just got to be aware mm -hmm. as individuals what our triggers are, you know, if pressure comes, what how we are going to respond. Mm -hmm. I think the better you know yourself or your partner, your kids, the better you can preactive or preempt reactions and even just protect. So kind of, hey, we're going into busy seasons. We know there are certain seasons that are really mm -hmm. busy in our lives. So we will yeah. adjust diaries, adjust certain things yeah. because we know they're extra pressures that we don't need in this season because there's enough pressure anyway. And I think, you know, lockdown's a great classic example of that. You can't change that, but what's some internal workings in family structure and dynamic that you can change so that it's not working on the inside and then you'll know, hey, I know when this happens, this is how I respond. Yeah. So what can I do yeah. to, I yeah. can't change that happening to me, but I can change some things around me so that I'm not going to find myself in that place. I think in light of that as well is that that dynamic of like, we all know that there's internal work that needs to continually happen. Um, and I think we all desire to be able to have someone to look up to and to be able to have involved in our life, but we can often look different places. Uh, we can see life's, uh, people's lives on social media, whatever it might be, that sort of go, oh, I want that. And we aspire to be different things, yet we don't actually allow people close enough and into our world to deal with the stuff that's gone on. You say, like, as we said, you know, we often we will react out of not what's happening on the exterior, but what's happening on the interior. And I know you guys as, as, I mean, just simply being married, there's stuff you can have to deal with. Being pastors, oh my gosh, there's so much we have to deal with. But nobody's void of walking through seasons where stuff happens to us. And what would you say are some keys in regards to dealing with heart issues and also uh, getting to the point of vulnerability and honesty where you actually bring the right people? And how do you find mm -hmm. the right people to bring into that space so you can have something that goes, you know what, that's a building block in my life. It's not a stumbling block in my life. Not all relationships are equal. Yeah. You know, you can have lots of friends, but it doesn't mean that uh, you need to be as open as vulnerable with all of them. And so for, for me, uh, I, I would be looking at someone's life uh, and lining up with the direction of my life. And, and I'd be forever asking the question, uh, what do I want to achieve uh, in my life, with my health, with my marriage, with my family, with my ministry? And I would be looking for people who uh, mirror that. I think that'd be a great place to start. 
um, as opposed to just listening to what they're saying, I'd be looking at uh, the example that they're setting. Mm. And so again, if I think about our more recent transition from Victory Church to Life Church, one of the uh, key contributing factors was the, the legacy uh, of both pastors Paul and Marie. It yeah. wasn't just their words, it's their life yeah. and uh, their example. And yeah. so again, I think vulnerability and openness flows with someone who's got example, mm. not just words. And you mentioned, how do you know who those people are? I always think of the scripture that says, yeah. those who can be faithful with little are faithful with much. And so Great. if you're trying to suss out if somebody is faithful, do yeah. little things. You don't have to open up this massive big uh, vulnerability yeah. story, do a little thing. And if you feel that they've responded well, they've treated you well, they've kept a confidence, you can build on that. Yeah. I remember when our kids were younger, you know, they get to that age, they want to start doing things on their own. Hey, can I go to the shops by myself? Can I do this? And so we didn't just go, yeah, okay, sure. We would, hey, I'll take you to the shops. You've got an hour. If you go for an hour and you meet me back at the designated spot at the right time, they're building trust that, that you know, you're gradually doing that. And I think it's the same with relationships and vulnerability. Do something little, people respond well. Oh, okay, you, you, you're yeah. building that relationship of vulnerability and trust. So good, guys. I think something along the same veins that is a biggie in society today, especially again in lockdown seasons, is people can be listening to so many different voices, mm. like listening to that podcast, uh, li listening to that thing, listening to that voice. So what would be just some wisdom that you would bring in the middle of that to, in terms of who should we be listening to? You know, who should we be gleaning on when there's just so many different voices all around us? I can't listen to that without thinking of Paul's words when he says, you have 10,000 guardians, but not many fathers. Mm. And uh, mm. I think today the guardians, the modern day guardians would be the conferences, the podcasts and the plethora of voices that are out there, all of which aren't necessarily wrong and can play a part. But to give your life to that, uh, I think uh, would be foolish. And so for me, Paul uses the words father, mm. which obviously speaks of something deeper than just a friendship. Yeah, it's something of a, a depth of relationship. Uh, it speaks to me of intimacy. It speaks to me of, uh, of um, an understanding. And so again, I think for me, finding people in your world that can be trusted and that you can open up to, and, and, and they're few and far between. You know, fathers aren't, you know, um, tens and, and twenties, they're in the, they're the ones, twos and threes. Uh, friends can be tens, friends can be twenties. But again, like I said earlier, you know, not all relationships are equal. And I think sometimes we make the mistake of not placing people better and we put, uh, extra pressure on relationships that can't handle certain conversations. Even Jesus had the ability to have the 12 disciples, but on numerous occasions, he took the three aside. Uh, why? Because they needed more of his time. And then obviously he had a special relationship seemingly with John and obviously had uh, more time with him. And so if it's good enough for Jesus, I think it should be good enough for us. Mm. I think you mentioned it earlier too about look over people's shoulders. Like who do you listen to? So you can say whatever, but I'll be looking over your shoulder to see where does that lead me? And if I like the destination mm -hmm. that you've landed in, oh, that's somebody I'm happy to listen to and take advice from. 
so good, guys. Yeah, that's really good. And I think that's it. Like I always thought of, um, you know, you're talking about different dynamics of relationships, different levels, and I really it's probably different boundaries of relationship. And I've got to be honest, uh, I always thought boundaries were something between a girlfriend and a boyfriend. And, and uh, as Nadia and I <laughs> were courting, because uh, it was a while ago now, uh, <laughs> as we were courting, like, you know, boundaries is always a dirty word, um, in a sense. And in fact, the, the more... It set you up, though, for a win. Yeah, well, the more we actually, the deeper our relationship got, the uh, really, the stronger the boundaries became. But uh, I think I've learned as I've matured over years, actually, every relationship needs boundaries. And so, uh, you know, what would be some good boundaries in these seasons for us as, as we do relationships with others uh, that you just think are great boundaries to have as, as foundational mindsets when it comes to relationship? Well, I'm, a, I'm like you, I'm a big believer every relationship has boundaries. In fact, one of our favourite sayings is um, you need to have a healthy you. The best gift you can give somebody is a healthy you. And you can't be healthy if yeah. you're letting everybody else sort of set your boundaries or then you're not keeping um, your boundaries, but I, I think every area of life needs boundaries. I think back to when we were yep. dating. Yes, um, you get married. I think again, we've be two have become one. Then you've got friendships that you still want to maintain, but you now actually I'm no longer myself. It's Tony and me. You know, the two have become one. Then kids come along. You know, and so we've been big on boundaries with kids. Our yeah. kids always had a bedtime. Yeah. Um, I know it's a new modern day thing that keep, I don't know, keep, keep, I don't want to speak. People will get enemies, but I'm just like, kids have a bedtime because actually I've still got a major relationship here. And one of my big things is I said a lot, I see a lot of over-mothered children and underwived husbands. And so actually we've, our kids have grown up knowing we love them dearly. But my number one responsibility is my husband and the kids come in under that. And so, again, they've never felt neglected um, and we've different things, but that's what boundaries are. And so sometimes, you know what, boundaries say, actually, this child needs more attention right now because of what's going on or yeah. this child or actually my husband or however that looks. But, yeah, I think boundaries are what keeps you sane. So. Yeah, I think most of us uh, watching this today have a desire to help people, and that's a beautiful thing. But uh, if we're not careful, uh, ultimately, in our desire to help people, we're going to get burnt out, we're going to get jaded, we're going to get upset, we're going to get tired, we're going to get frustrated and angry. And, and we see a lot of that. Why? Because we don't have boundaries. Boundaries are there for our benefit. Mm. Um, I say this all the time, that you've got to be selfish in order to be selfless. Good. And again, we see Jesus modeling that, you know, he would get up early, he would go be with the Father, and even when people wanted his time, he said, no, nah. he, he had enough wisdom to be able to create boundaries uh, so that he could continue to minister out of a place of health and strength. And I don't think you have to bash people with boundaries, just, but you, you're gracious, you can uphold your boundaries without making anybody feel uh, lesser. Um, and you know, unless they unless they they don't know boundaries and they push push, you may yeah. have to get a bit stronger. But most of the time, we can uphold our boundaries without saying I'm upholding my boundary. Our, our, our kids <laughs> come back when we say go. We we send them to bed and they say they'd, they'd often say this when they were young. They say, but I'm not tired. And I'd look at them lovingly and say, Yeah, but I'm tired of you. Go to bed. <laughs> because we need. <laughs> because to me, this is my number one relationship, and I don't want to lose this while raising kids. Uh, they didn't always understand that at that time, but as they've got older, they certainly understand and appreciate it now. So if you want a great line to use on your kids when they say, I'm not tired, say, yeah, but I'm tired of you. <laughs>
<laughs> so good, guys. And I mean, you you are amazing parents. You've got three kids who all love God, all really involved in church and just um, living amazing lives. Yeah. So, I mean, there's so many of us that would just love to know just some keys and how you've done that. I know it's a massive question, but just some keys to how you've seen you know, your correct. three kids just loving God, especially when you've led such busy lives as well. Yeah. Honestly, for me, I think the key is this relationship. Yeah. Parents must be on the same page. And uh, where I see parents struggling, probably the biggest percentage is they haven't settled this and what they want. And so I, I think for me to have, uh, to be on the same page, yeah. husband and wife is, is really important. And so uh, that's continual conversation so that when we uh, speak into a situation, whether it's uh, confrontation or comfort or anything in between, we make sure we come from the same place. Because the last thing we want is our kids going to the other person and, and, and picking sides. And so our kids knew that if they went to me or mum, they're going to get the same story uh, and they're not going to be able to play us off against mm. each other. Yeah. And we've always said to the kids, this is our journey. So it's like we bring them on the journey with us. So it's always been, this is Team Rainbow. So our calling, mm. our gift, what we do, it's we do this as a family. It's not, this is what mum and dad do and we're dragging you along. No, this is our calling. This is what we do. So if we had to make decisions that were, say, potentially different from what their mates did and, and different family values, we'd just say, no, what do we do? What are we called to do? What's our thing? And let's own this together. Yeah. And I think they've really understood, no, we're Team Rainbow. This is what we do. And to the point, you know, you have conversations with them, they would be saying, I don't understand other families when they would do this, this and this. And we, again, you have to go, no, we're Team Rainbow. This is our calling. They've got their journey. And um, we've just always had them on the journey with us. Mm. Uh, can I add two more things? That mm. one would be, uh, I would say, be the, same, be the same person you are in church as you are out of church. Yeah. You know, the roles may look different, the jobs may look different, um, the ask on ask at different places may, may look different, but essentially we should be the same people and that's what we've really tried to do. Mm. And uh, I'd also add uh, to celebrate the wins yes. and cover the sins. I, I, we were very big on anything that was good in our life, we would point it back to Jesus. Yeah. And uh, some of the things that uh, happen in church life, because it's people, uh, we just we just covered. We just we didn't talk about it. We certainly didn't drive home with the kids in the back of the car and just start talking amongst ourselves about, did you see so-and-so? Why wasn't so-and-so here? So yeah, for me, celebrate the wins, cover the sins, yeah. and uh, just, just enjoy it. I think too, one of the things, and I think Craig, when I saw that video that you did with the kids skating. One of the yes. big things we've said is, you know what, let kids do dangerous things because then they won't desire to do sinful things. And so again, as a mum, sometimes that's really hard because you'd be like, oh, I don't want to go to the emergency room and oh, this, this could end here and you didn't think about that. But you know what, at the end of the day, that God, they're your kids. You can look after them and broken bones will heal. We didn't deliberately set out for that to happen. But if they can live on that adventure, they're not looking for it in other things. And if you can support them in that. Um, Mitchie's had, bang I mean, things that they've done that I'm like, oh, I knew where that was going to end. But hey, you know what? It's a story. And we used to always say to Mitch, you know what, Mitch? Girls dig scars. <laughs> so... <laughs> <laughs> I've got a confession, Craig. When I saw your son jumping over you on your bike, I was hoping he would land on your stomach. I was just, I was just a little bit hoping for that. <laughs> but it's great. It's what they love. Yeah. yeah. 
It was good, and I, and that's what I think. I think as well, it's memories, it's moments, yeah, totally. uh, and that sort of stuff. And and he didn't think he could. He in a sense, he's like, I don't know. And I'm like, I've got your back, mate. I believe in you. And um, and there were tire prints. There were tire prints uh, on my t-shirt. <laughs> there was a lot of connection. Yeah, very very cool. I um, I think in this time as well, one thing we've been talking about uh, as a church is just the power of unity. You know, so across all the differences and the different opinions and, and the different dynamics that are taking place, the different tensions for people as well. And, and we can look over the fence and go, yeah, but you're still working and I've had to stop my job and, and whatever it might be. And oh, well, you might have your parents here to help you and my parents are overseas. And there's all these tensions between us, but we've just been talking about the power of unity and, um, and the ability just to be able to stay united in this season. And we are all facing tensions at times and there are uh, debatable topics. And we've been talking about how that, that's not a negative, that's not a bad thing, that doesn't have to pull us apart. But maybe just your, your heart towards that, because I know it is the heart of life and I know it's the heart of how you've built your church for decades now and what's going to lead us forward is this sense of unity and, and the ability to stay united throughout all dynamics of relationship and stay united as a church with such great breadth of diversity. Um, you know, maybe just a little bit of heart into that and some, and some wisdom around that area. Yeah, I think when it comes to diversity or difference of opinions, rather than focusing on what our differences are, I would always say, let's look for where we can agree. Let's yeah. look for the common. So, because if you can find that, that reminds you to keep unity. What's the important things here? So, yes, I understand we've got some differing views, but let's shelve them for a minute yeah. and focus yeah. on what's what 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 are our same views? What are the things we can work to uh, together and and towards? Yeah. So, I think that's a big key. Yeah, I, I would also add that I don't know if it's our differing differing of opinions that's the biggest problem. I think it's how we share them. Mm. I think we just lack kindness mm. when we share our differences wow. of opinions. So I think the differing of opinions would go a lot better if we just extended grace and were kinder in it. Mm. I think most of us are reacting to the reaction. And so again, let's mm. keep the main thing the main thing, be kind, so and where we can't agree, uh, uh, can't agree, it shouldn't really matter because you know what, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I think and it's yeah. like even with marriage, trying to keep it not personal. So it's when we turn it personal and that's a personal attack on me rather than a differing of opinions. Yeah. Like, let's not personalise this. Let's just keep the common theme the common theme. And like I said, if you can be, yeah. like Tony said, if you can be kind in it, it's helpful. I think um, a massive thing can be, in regards to relationships, can be disappointments that happen with people and yeah. how hurt can you know, come up in relationships. And so for you, after doing so many years with people, how have you navigated really deep disappointment and hurt with people in a way that hasn't caused you to close yourself off from others and from continued relationships and continuing to go deeper with others as well? Yeah. Mm. That's really easy to answer because we've never been disappointed. <laughs> we are so blessed. We are the head <laughs> and not the tail. It's just amazing life that we live. <laughs> If only that were true, the reality is uh, you can't live on this planet. You can't be in relationship without all of those things happening uh, to you at some uh, way, form or another. And the reality is we've all got a story to tell. And uh, Kath and I certainly have stories to tell. Uh, certainly wouldn't want to bore anyone with those stories. But I think for me, one of the things that's held us is what I would call the pre-decisions that were made 
I'm just a great believer, a believer in making good decisions. And the sooner you can make those good decisions, the better. Mm. And uh, I remember, and I think I may have shared this when I was uh, with you guys a couple of years ago, but uh, as an 18 year old, I kind of uh, imagined myself many years from that particular date, and I imagined myself as a 50-year-old man, and, and, and what, would I, what would I want to say to that person as an 18-year-old version of myself? And I came up with a little bit of a life mantra that I wanted the body of a young man, the, spirit of a, uh, the, spirit of a, the wisdom of an older man, and the spirit of a godly man. In other words, I, I thought, Sorry. I don't want to get bitter, mm. I want to get better. Mm. I want to allow everything that ever happens to me to make me a better person, not a bitter person. And so when the discouragement comes, when the disappointment comes, and when things don't go my way, I'm grateful for that resolve. That, some, that was something I settled and it just helped me navigate those seasons. So a pre-decision uh, isn't the total answer, but it's a big part of it for me. And it's just held me because I just did not want to get bitter. And uh, it's amazing, if you choose not to, uh, it actually goes a long way in you not getting bitter. And so that, that, that's a, a really big part of my journey and Kath's yeah. journey. Yeah, I think, you, you know, let's be honest, we're not perfect. And there's potentially been seasons where maybe I've withdrawn just out of necessity because of the hurt um, and something that's happened, it's, it is a self-care mechanism. And I think that's where we're talking about relationships, a really crucial relationship with the Holy Spirit for him to be able to just gently nudge you that, hey, this is, okay, I'll get you pulled back for a little bit, but now this is becoming a point where you've actually, you can camp here or you can move forward. And also the right people in your world too. So the Holy Spirit nudging you, but the right people who can just come alongside and say, okay, I understand you pulled back for a bit, but it's time now. And they're trusted people who, you know, saying, no, 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 you're bigger than this, you're better than that. Hey, let's deal with it if we need to do some external dealing, but let's now pull up tent pegs and move on, you know, it's time to break camp. Yeah, so. and I'd say prioritise the so. things in your life that are important to you. What, you know, I, I encourage people, what, what, are your, what are your dreams? What do you like to do? What, would you, what do you want to do? Because I think uh, a lot of people get bitter because resentment mm. and regret creep in. Uh, and what we've tried to do is just keep the things uh, that we've always wanted to do. So for me, serving God's never been at the expense of my family. It's not been at the expense of my marriage. It hasn't been at the expense of me looking after myself physically. It hasn't been at the expense of doing the hobbies that I enjoy doing. And for me, that's numerous things. I, I love the beach. I love the, the outdoor culture. I, I love painting. And so I've been able to do all of that while serving God. Yeah. And because I haven't lost those things, there's less things to be resentful about and uh, regrets to set in. But I think sometimes we don't prioritize them. We lose them and then we blame the church or we blame the woman, we blame the job, we blame the boss, when really ultimately you're responsible for setting the things that are important to you. Yeah. I think one of the things, one of the things you always say is that, um, you know, nobody's offended or hurt me any more than what we have against Christ. And so when you have a fresh revelation of that, to say, you know what, yep, what they did wasn't right, it wasn't, uh, I didn't enjoy it, it wasn't nice, but you know what, their sin is no different against me as my sin has been against yeah. Christ himself. It's amazing. Jesus is the ultimate leveller. No matter what someone's yeah. done to me, no matter how bad I feel treated, I look at what Jesus went through and I thought, man, okay, you win. And, and it's just, it's, he's just, this is amazing. Yeah. He's a leveler. Yeah, it's amazing. For anyone and everyone that's a part of the service, and if you would say in your heart that you would know, you know what, I, hearing Tony talk about that and hearing about the wonder 
of a God who can forgive and a God who longs to walk alongside of us uh, and a God who actually designed and purposed you for the life that you're living um, and the pathway in the future that he has in store for you. I want you to know that it's available to every single person. Uh, doesn't matter your age, doesn't matter your background, doesn't matter the culture you've grown up in, doesn't even matter the other religious affiliations or connections you've had in the past. If you know you don't have Jesus Christ in the center of your life as a relationship, not as a religion. We're not inviting you to join a religion. We're not even inviting you to join a church right now, but we are asking for you to make a conscious decision to ask yourself, do I have a relationship with God? Do I know him for myself? And if you don't, we would actually love the honor in this moment right now just to pray a, a simple prayer, but it's the most significant moment because really the Bible says that what happens is we get to start again. From the inside out, we start again. He actually wipes away the old and he gives us a brand new beginning. And it does require a conscious choice of ours to say, God, I want to receive you into my heart. And now I'm making a decision, not just to oh, attach Christianity to my life uh, or to hang a cross around my neck. I'm actually making a decision to follow God and to follow his leading and to, to trust him. And you will experience the fact the Bible says he loves you before we loved him. And in the moment you open your heart, you're going to experience the love of God in your life. You're going to experience the peace. It's the most tangible, real thing. But from that point, he's going to lead you personally. And I'd love to just make a, uh, have a moment with you right now, right wherever you're watching this from, from your bedroom, from a lounge, wherever it might be. I'd love to pray the most significant prayer and I want you to join in. If you're with us and you've got the chat open next to us, you can actually make a public response right now by clicking the raise hand button and saying, you know what, Include, I'm included in that prayer, that's me. Yeah, or you might not be able to see the chat, but you're saying in your heart, Craig, my heart's beating 100 miles an hour. I feel like this is a moment that's personal. Absolutely, that's God knocking on your heart saying, I love you and I wanna do life with you, but I wanna lead you into all that I have. And so we're gonna pray this prayer. Say it with all of your heart, and I know that God hears you, and from this point, everything changes. Let's pray together. So dear Jesus, today I open my heart to you, and I receive you as my Lord, and I receive you as my Savior. Today, I'm set free. Today is a new day. I start afresh in you as a child of God. I thank you that you love me, and you have a purpose and a plan for my life. And I thank you that what Jesus did on the cross, dying and rising again, means I have life and I have it eternally. I make a decision today to choose you and to follow you from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. Well, we celebrate that decision. We celebrate the fact that right now, again, all of heaven, the Bible says, is celebrating alongside you. And if you are seeing the chat, people will be making comments to saying, best decision ever, it's incredible. But we love that. It's not just a decision, but it is really a life-changing moment. We're choosing to turn and follow him. And so we want to support you in that decision, uh, be able to equip you with a, at least God's word at this point. All right, we're not going to force you to the next step, but we are going to say there's a whole community of people that would love to walk alongside you. And so we've got a Bible we'd love to send this week. We do. So again, if you uh, click onto the link that's below us here, or again, go to the chat and press the raise hand button, it'll send you to a link. And we'd love to get one of these Bibles to you. We'll send it in the mail, because honestly, it's the best decision that you can make. And also let you know how you can find out more about following God and what that means. So yeah, so make awesome. sure you do that. Make a public response out of that heart decision and it changes everything. Then also, we've got courses as well. Alpha is a great one where you can just ask any question around the foundations and you're going to grow in that way, which is cool. But we do want to say a massive thank you 
to yes. Tony and Kath. You guys are amazing. It's been so good having time with you guys. Thanks, awesome. guys. Really appreciate you having us. Yes. All the best. We're praying for you guys in lockdown. God bless. And uh, all going well. We'll see you soon. Yes. Love ya. Bye. Yeah, that's it. Can't wait to have you here. See you guys. It's going to be awesome. How good was that? So good. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. And um, you know what? This whole area of relationships, it doesn't stop. It's not a series. It's something we want to continually grow in. And so uh, let's be committed to the things that God's put in our heart that we keep walking out, which is awesome. But uh, we're looking forward to next week. Yeah, next week is Father's Day. So yeah. we are so pumped for what is going to happen. So make sure you're tuning in next week. Have a blessed, awesome week. We love you so much. Make sure you check the church email about everything that is happening. Social media as well. Stay up to date. But we love you. Be blessed. We'll see you soon. See you guys. We trust that you are encouraged by this powerful message. You always have a place to call home here at Life. And we invite you to join us for our Sunday services at our Melbourne campus. If you're not in Melbourne, then join us for Church Online, wherever you are in the world. Just head to lifeau.org to stay connected and find out more.